Hey guys, Finally Sleeps here, aka Travis Bone, and this is episode two of My Wife Hates Video Games, our weekly entry into the world of podcasts. Over the next hour or so, we'll talk about what's going on in the world of pop culture, movies, books, a lot of video game talk, mostly FIFA Mobile because that's where I spend most of my time. Uh, there'll be some laughs. I want to talk about how bigoted Santa Claus is, how watching Watchmen Feels like a bad acid trip, Limp Biscuit, and why YouTube will probably take years off my life. Um, before we get too far into it, though, make sure you check out FinallySleeps.com, where I post daily on all things FIFA Mobile and more. That's where you'll also get notified on when we record these podcasts. If you want to get involved live, you can chat during recording or send me questions or comments. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, at, at FinallySleeps at 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 finally he sleeps at at which brings up my first question as a kid we called them at ats and walkers but it's really an atst or an at at um so shouldn't it be atat or do we just call them at ats because in the movie they were actually called imperial walkers and it wasn't until they popped up in the Sears holiday catalog under the name AT-AT that we started calling them AT-ATs in the early 80s. I, I Honestly, I have no idea. Um, now that I think about it, I'm almost 100% sure that they've been referred to as both AT-ATs and AT-ATs uh, throughout the Star Wars canon and the different movies in the games. I don't know. Subsequently, AT-AT is also what my mother says when my parents' dog starts licking her own ass. As in... Stop that. You know, you know, you know their dogs, it's a female and it's not really her ass that she's licking, but that's, that's a whole nother can of worms I don't want to open right now. Um, not that their dog has worms or actually if she, actually if she's constantly licking it, she may have worms. I don't know. Um, and with that, this episode has already gone off the rails. I have completely lost control of the topic list I wanted to run through and we're, well, like a minute and a half in. Okay. Um, actually, since I'm talking about it, I do have a great story about a dog licking itself. But, well, we'll save that for later. Okay. <laughs> I really want to get back to FIFA Mobile right here. Jesus, I'm all over the place right now. Um, last week was Thanksgiving. Uh, with a gauntlet-style event for FIFA Mobile getting released for all of us to play our 48 versus matches over the weekend. Uh Carol just asked if I grabbed any players. And no, I did not. Boost only. Um, we're in phase two with a brand new set of players right now. I mean, they're decent. It's a decent event. Um, it's MLS, guys. I, I don't, it's no one I want. The values are there. I mean, if you want to do them and sell them, but there's so much easier ways to make coins in this game. Um, it's a decent event, especially if you're into boost, which. I am. Boost is the key to high OVRs. Don't forget that. Boost. When in doubt, always go boost. Uh, the only problem with the Thanksgiving event is the matchmaking. It's supposed to be based on your win-loss record in the Thanksgiving event itself. Uh, but I'm not buying it. I'm getting pissed at ending with 11 wins in almost every run I go through. Or 10 wins. Uh, one of my Phase 1 runs through... Uh, was only 10 wins, and I think that was a Twitch stream, 
What's worse is getting beat by a 91 rated team with 140 chemistry versus my 95-170 squad because every shot I take hits the post, goes wide, or gets tipped by the opponent's 90 rated Halloween Pickford in the goal. Um, you know, Pickford. Uh, except the only one screaming was me. I swear there is a game mechanic that creates results based on momentum and luck. When I was a kid in the era of 8-bit gaming, we called that computer help. As in sitting on the floor with your cousin playing Tecmo Bowl and him bitching because you beat him because you had computer help. Uh, When no matter what you did, you were destined to fail. It's like the Murphy's Law of video games. That's the only explanation, and yes, I may be wrong, but consider it all the same. It sure feels like if you miss a great chance scoring opportunity... Uh, You lose your luck factor or momentum, and the next two to three chances, no matter what you do, your results in shots off the post, your balls curl wide, or they tips it and you end up with corners until you actually put one in and then recover your in-game swagger. I can't prove it, but that's just my personal opinion. Next time you lose a match, you shouldn't have. uh, Think back on where it went off the rails and how hard it was to get it back where it needed to be. It's just my take on it. Uh, let me know what you think. Okay, with phase two of Thanksgiving, make sure you use your gems, get your turns in, and trust me, just forget these players. Focus on the boost. Boost is the most important. Speaking of Thanksgiving, at my parents' house, my kids started telling some jokes. Um, again, off topic, but you know, most of their jokes uh, were stuff I can't repeat in this format. Actually, they're stuff you shouldn't ever repeat no matter what. Um, There were a few that were decent. I'll share one, courtesy my 14-year-old. So a guy's walking down the street, and he comes up on a privacy fence. He hears a bunch of people chanting on the other side, 13, 13, 13, 13. He's curious. He finds a knot in the hole in the fence, so he puts his face up to it and tries to see through. As soon as he does, someone on the other side pokes him right in the eye, And then they all start chanting, 14, 14, 14, 14. Anyway, uh, in addition to Thanksgiving, we're back with the second round of the Europa League event. I didn't bother with a YouTube video on it because nothing of consequence has really changed from the first round of Europa League. It's still the same thing, except you'll only be earning one of your elites by completing groups. Uh, There are no 79-rated players to invest in. Instead, it's all boost and coins. I'm not complaining. Um, If you're watching the market, you can easily pick up those four elites for under 100K right now, uh, various times throughout the day. Even premium versions for as low as 75,000. They aren't worth spit right now, but they will be eventually. Doubling doubling your investment on these is a no-brainer. Uh, You'll need to be patient, but eventually this will be a cash cow when you really need it. The event will be over real soon, so make sure you get in all that you can before it does end. Much like the Thanksgiving event, personally, I'm not claiming any players. I'm only going for the boost, and that's going to make a difference. If you didn't go for boost now, you're going to be wondering why you're 5, 10 OVR behind the rest of the pack come January, February time. Hmm. 
All right. Over the weekend, we also were subjected to EA's money grab, the flash sale or Black Friday. This pack only event was around last year, and believe it or not, again this year, it did offer some reasonable uses for your gems. From Team of the Week points to boost, along with some major premium flash players that got dumped into the market. Um, on Saturday, the values on the, these cards were crazy low. I was able to grab a Pulisic left wing and a Proms cam, both at a value I assumed I could at least turn into 150%, maybe 200% if I held on to them long enough. Now, Christian Pulisic, if I were to sell today, is already putting up a suggested price, $13 million more than I paid on Saturday. Now, if you wait these cards out a few weeks, uh, when the money starts flowing in the upcoming freeze event, uh, that value should go way up even higher than it is right now. Especially on those two cards in particular with their insane base pace. If you can catch them low enough, it's an investment worth making early this week uh, before the flash event is gone and out of sight. Personally, I paid $5.3 million for Proms and $8.4 for Pulisic, and I think those numbers are going to come up. I'm hoping to be able to sell Proms for closer to $10 million and Pulisic uh, for between $13 to $15 before it's all said and done. Now, as far as they go, I'm unimpressed with what each card can actually do when they have the ball at their feet. Their speed is insane, and they both get into range, but finishing is a problem. Now, if you upgraded the cards, it would make a major difference, but I'm not keeping them, so I'm not upgrading them. Uh, I will say that Pulisic and Head to Head is the first player I've been able to readily send a give and go, you know, like a wall pass to, and have him overlap on the touchline for a through ball while beating every right back to the flag that he's come up against. I mean, he's so goddamn fast. Uh, but getting the ball back into the mixer from the corner is where the problem is. Even with header master Weghurst in at striker, uh, that Wolfsburg beast is so slow compared to our Pennsylvania prodigy that I have to wait for Weggers to pull his finger out of the dike and chug the rest of his Heineken before he catches up to the rest of the attack. Um, that's when he's finally into range, and at that point, the Hershey Wonder has either lost the ball or started daydreaming about what it would be like to qualify for the World Cup someday, um, that I end up losing possession despite the Usain Bolt sprint to the flag that started off my failed attack in the very beginning. Anyway, um, I'll be selling both. Proms is quick too, but I'm not very excited about him otherwise either. Let's see, what else is going on in FIFA Mobile? Team of the Week this week could make for a good week. Last week's Team of the Week was pretty weak. Um, I'm in need of Liverpool program players, and even though they are leading the Premier League right now, I mean, they're way out in, the, in front. I think they're maybe 12 points ahead of second place. Um, I mean, they're winning, but they're falling short on standout moments, which is putting a damper on my weekly excitement. I haven't seen a team, a Liverpool player in Team of the Week since I think Wijnaldum was the last one. However, with Liverpool's win over Brighton on Saturday, thanks to two finishes from our man Virgil, there is a reasonable expectation of him securing a Team of the Week card on Wednesday. His first goal off a set piece was amazing. If you didn't see it, check the highlight out. Um, that and a second were both off of Trent Alexander-Arnold's nicely placed balls, which sounds really weird now that I'm saying it. But anyway, since Van Dyke's base card is 88, 
it's just as reasonable an expectation that this possible Team of the Week program card would be a Master 90+. If all the planets light up perfectly and that card does in fact get released, the value of it is going to be insane. It will be, without doubt, the highest rated EPL defender and one of the best defenders across all leagues as far as stats are concerned at least. I mean, it doesn't really mean that he's going to perform as well as his stats say, but we've seen that before. Um, with Team of the Year in the near future and Virgil almost guaranteed one of the top cards in that event thanks to his accomplishments all of 2019, um, this Team of the Week card may be a short-term fix for any Liverpool fan, but if his stats are strong enough, it could easily be a huge coin investment if you do no upgrading and sell him during freeze uh, before Team of the Year gets announced. You have to buy him while his value is low, which should be in the first two to four hours of release. Unlike the regular Team of the Week cards, the Masters and highest target players seem to drop in the first hour and then recover in value like three, four hours in uh, before they level off to their standard price. The run-of-the-mill Team of the Week elites that kind of fill in each week see their best value at the four and eight hour mark. Uh, when their initial cards don't sell, but these high-value Team of the Week cards run a different schedule. Based on the last three weeks, um, if Virgil van Dyke does get released, you'll see his lowest value about an hour and a half to two hours in, then he'll recover and hold. My best guess is that card's going to run anywhere from 20 to $25 million. Uh, I've been saving all my Team of the Week points in hopes of a Liverpool Master popping up, so I'm really hopeful that this could be the week I get to cash them all in, and fingers crossed I end up with some cards worth selling or holding on to. Okay, going back to the Liverpool-Brighton match before I go off topic again, um, I was excited to see the Ox back in action and playing. He missed a goal served up on a platter by a Salam misstep, um, but we're not going to hold that against him. Uh, also, I want to say 75 minutes in, it's still two to Zippo, and I started thinking this was the first match I'd seen in all season long uh, that I wasn't at some point so anxious and nervous that my stomach was doing flippy flops. And then Allison Becker says, here, hold my beer. He leaves the box on a Brighton breakaway and blocks a shot like he was an NBA center swatting away a layup. He's like five yards out of the 18. Then Adrian comes on after his red card, and like Karen, who shows up at my office every day at 9 o'clock but doesn't actually turn her computer on until closer to 10, um, he was still at the water cooler talking about last night's episode of The Bachelor when Brighton scored their free kick, making it 2-1. to one. That's where it ended, though, so thank God for Virgil and Trent. Which, now that I'm even thinking about it, it's possible that... Trent Alexander-Arnold could get another Team of the Week card if they're short on performances. I doubt it. I think Van Dyke deserves one more than Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, we'll, we'll see come Wednesday, but my fingers are definitely crossed. Let's see what else. Uh, with December 10th marking the day my market chastity belt comes off, and I finally get to be on top with the market bot rather than an unwilling catcher while he steals part of my every cut like he's shorty the fucking pimp. I've been working the last few weeks to get all my ducks in a row for a major team upgrade. Um, I'd like to live stream the whole thing or at least part of it and then release a video afterward. I don't know. Uh, those big team upgrade videos seem to do well for some reason. I don't understand it, but they do. 
the cost of buying XP is still low right now. If you haven't been buying golds to get all of your players up over that 90 rating mark, you should do it quickly before the market shifts and you look back at 1,000 to 1,200 coin golds like these were the good old days. With Thanksgiving Phase 2 still in play, I'm personally afraid to upgrade until I've gotten all four rounds in. Uh, otherwise, I'll end up fucking up my 95 squad. Uh, plus, I have enough perks now thanks to a long run of win after win after win by my league uh, to buy the last max OVR plus one rank up perk. But again, I'm waiting because it would bend over my Thanksgiving squad right now. Um, I've been holding on to all my investments with the anticipation of a massive going out of business sale, you know, like everything must go as soon as I hit VIP 10 and drop that 5% tax. But with the market recovering value on old investments right now, thanks to the flash sale and Thanksgiving and UEL, uh, players like the Day of the Dead, the Scream Team, Team of the Week, Moonlight, and even those First round um, Europa League players are seeing big gains. So I've been unloading left and right just for the chance to double or even triple what I have in them even before the 5% tax comes off. I'm holding on to all these claimed earnings in my inbox for now because like I said, I do plan on doing a video on the 10th or the 11th maybe um, when I do sell it all. Earn somewhere between 60 and 100 million depending upon what sells and what I keep for later and then do a major upgrade on my squad. Um, hopefully I plan to run from a current 105 OVR up to 108 or maybe 109 in one sitting. Yeah, I mean, I need to buy an ass load of gold players for XP upgrades beforehand and I'll have to start listing players early in that day, otherwise the video is going to last forever. Um, but that's the plan. Next week is going to be fun for me, um, just because of the whole market tax thing. Jeff148 is asking what investments I'm looking at right now. Uh, no, there's no farming. Um, some people are finding a few cards that can buy and sell throughout the day over and over and over and generate a decent profit, but that's about it. That's not really farming. I don't even know what that is. Um, everyone who bought into my silver and gold long-term investment strategy are probably still seeing them selling for a few hundred thousand per day. Give or take, some days you may top out on a million or more, but it's not really the norm right now. If you're still doing that, remember you need to constantly rebuy silvers and golds to keep your stock full. Sell a dozen at five to ten thousand each. You need to buy a dozen more random cards for eight hundred to twelve hundred coins each, just to replenish your stock. Keep everything diverse. Uh, the more options you have to sell, the more likely they are to find big coin opportunities a couple of times each day. So the key with that method is diversify your portfolio. Now, if you have more than 1,100 cards, you know, most of us have like 1,500 to 2,000 cards if you're doing this method. Uh, just make sure to keep your inbox full of dismissed players and in alphabetical order. That way you sell two or three of each card uh, when you can and then grab more from your inbox of dismissed cards um, or as I like to call it, my parking lot. That's the only way you can maintain a reserve of players greater than the max 1,200 that EA allows. For big investments right now though, aside from Europa League elites I mentioned before, I'm still buying any and all elites I can under 100,000 coins. Sometimes when I search there are none, other times there are dozens, you just have to keep checking. 
Um, do it as often as you can. I do a search probably 15 to 20 times per day uh, whenever, I have whenever I have coins. Like if I log in, I'll play a skill game, I'll search, then you know, I'll search. Then I'll play a versus match and then I'll search. Um, sometimes as often as like every five minutes if I'm playing for a while. Uh, we're still early enough in the season that this is the most reliable form of investing. Uh, that's where the big money is, buying players when the market is down and then selling when the market average comes back up. Elites, elites, any elites, eventually won't be able to buy an elite under 125000 uh, A few times throughout the season, the lowest value for purchase is going to be probably closer to 150000 and then when that happens, cards you bought for sixty-five to a hundred thousand are going to be worth two hundred to three hundred thousand. Uh, you just have to know when to go all in. And trust me, right now is when you want to go all in. So any elite under hundred thousand is an investment worth making. Uh, TNT Master is asking, will you be doing your live streams this week? But first, wait a minute. Here's another question. Um, okay, Jeff underscore. Okay. What, the question is, did I use Proms and did I use my Flash players in my squad? No. I've got Pulisic in my standard EPL squad, uh, but Proms I'm only using for head-to-head. -head, but I did put both of them in the squad I have set aside for World Tour, um, the World Tour campaign. And so, yeah, I, I have given them a fair shot, but both cards I'm, I'm just looking to sell. They're placeholders. I need, I need a program Mane for left wing. Um, okay, so the question was, am I doing live streams this week? Now, there are no holidays going on, which is a good thing. I'll be streaming Thursday night for sure on my normal schedule, but it looks like I may be traveling on Friday. I, I might need to adjust the time on that second show. So make sure you have notifications turned on so you don't miss when we record. Um, I think that's about it. I think that's about all I have for FIFA Mobile right now. So let's leave this reality and enter the world of the Watchmen. This is, I want to talk about this last week, but I didn't have time. So originally a graphic novel from the mid-80s uh, when I was in maybe, I don't know, the sixth grade, maybe seventh grade, uh, somewhere around there. I loved this DC series. It was really dark, a bit bleak, and not at all like anything else I was reading at the time. Okay, true confession. My first comic book obsession was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which really shows how old I am. Uh, not the Archie series that became the you know the afternoon cartoon in the first round of films, but the noir original black and white series that introduced the characters under the Mirage Studio banner that looked more like Sin City than it does Garfield. Uh, they were about four years before the. Uh, main series of comics that everybody knows and loves. I went from Dr. Manhattan to Garfield in like 60 seconds. Anyway, so the Watchmen graphic novel was awesome when I was about 11 years old. Uh, fast forward 22 years into the future and a revamped film is released, which looked unfucking believable. Uh, there's no way I could have ever imagined something like Watchmen would get made into a feature film more than two decades after I sat in the back of fifth period study hall reading about the comedian raping Sally Jupiter and my mind being blown at how raw the comic was, not only for it being a comic book, but for it being DC, you know, DC, Superman. 
and, and not some indie uh, because of just how edgy it was in the subject matter. Then again, looking back at reading Preacher when I was in college with one of my favorite characters being Arseface, a.k.a. Connor Byrne, the boy who shot himself in the mouth with a shotgun in a failed attempt at suicide, only to later have the main character, uh, Jesse, the preacher, use his word of God from Genesis to force his father to sodomize himself with his own severed-off peener, Lorena Bobbitt style, until he in turn then kills himself, which leads Connor to assume the name of Arseface. Not Assface, Arseface, named so because earlier in the comic, Cassidy... Jesse's best friend, who is an Irish vampire, said his face looked like an ass due to the massive gunshot wound, you know, in his mouth. But he's Irish, so instead of ass, it was arse. Guy looks like an arse. Hence, arse face is born. His character arc doesn't end there, though. Eventually, he was pulled on the stage, onto like a, you know, a stage where they throw beads and show their tits in New Orleans. Um... And he's asked to sing a song for some reason. And because he's so strange looking and you can't understand a damn thing that he says because, you know, his face looks like a giant sphincter, um, then he becomes a giant, like, Justin Bieber type pop star, which is even more unrealistic than a preacher who can use the word of God to force people to do whatever he says while he travels the world in search of God to then force him to answer for his sins of creation. Then again, I can't really explain the popularity of Kim Kardashian or how a failed businessman with a head of hair that looks like someone shaved a golden retriever's butt to make a hat became the president of the U.S. So what the hell do I know? Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, Preacher was DC Comics too. So... Maybe me always considering DC to be so mainstream and safe was wrong, now that I'm really thinking about it. Um, and believe it or not, that Preacher ended up a cable series two decades after its comic book release. Um, so, I mean, what the hell does that say about the world we're living in compared to the world I grew up in? I mean, there's a big difference between now and the 80s. Besides, the most taboo portions of my adolescence eventually becoming so mainstream that my dad is now watching Ass Face on AMC at the kitchen table while he eats my mother's meatloaf. <sighs> this is truly the downfall of Western civilization. And I have no idea where I was going with this. Watchmen. Oh, okay. Um, Watchmen. It was a comic in the mid-80s, a feature film in 2009, and then now, 10 years later... It's a series on HBO starring Regina King, a.k.a. Brenda Jenkins from 227, um, Jeremy Irons, who was Scar from the Lion King cartoon, and Tim Blake Nelson, a.k.a. Delmar from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, one of my favorite Coen Brothers films. I think we're in episode seven now, maybe six, seven. Uh, it's a dark and twisted tale. I mean, it's, it's similar to the original graphic novel, but it's set in present time, 34 years after the graphic novel's plotline. Um, the characters overlap, and it's an entangled uh, like story that flows now, but pulls in characters from the original, which is even cooler. Uh, you don't need the original story to understand what's going on, um, but that backstory really does help keep things straight. Um, it 
follows the comic, not the movie. There's a big major plot twist in the movie compared to the comic book that we're not seeing in this series. Um, I mean, I, I have tons of unanswered questions about this. The show is like watching someone's fever dream come to life while you're stoned as hell. It's about a dozen different plots all happening simultaneously uh, in an alternate reality where squids fall from the sky through interdimensional rips in space-time, yet the main protagonist, Sister Knight, uh, she's like a goth nun, um, drives around in a vintage 1987 Buick Grand National. Everything about this series is over the top, but in a really good way, um, especially if you grew up on the original comic. I don't want to give away too much if you haven't seen it. I mean, there's masked superheroes, there's white supremacists, clone babies that grow in a lake, trebuchets that launch people into the outer space, and of course, it rains squid. Um, that show would be fucked up. So, check it out. Watchmen. Okay, I'm looking at my list of topics for this week, but I want to pause for a minute. I told my goat joke last week, and based on the comments, it was enjoyed more than I would have expected, so I want to throw in an encore. Okay. Are you... There was this boy who grew up in Dallas, Texas, obsessed with his model train. He wanted nothing more in the world than to drive that damn train. Eventually, he grows up and worked his way behind the controls of a real-life locomotive. But his first day heading out of the train yard, someone steps onto the tracks in front of him and their shoe gets stuck. But instead of stopping, he speeds up the locomotive and just kills the guy. He gets convicted of murder and sentenced to death by the electric chair because this is Texas. So the trial was short and it didn't take him long to be ready to take his seat at the old electric chair. The warden comes in and asks him what he wants for his last meal. He says, I just want one banana, that's it. He eats it, they sit him in the chair, they flip the switch, and lo and behold, the electrocution does not kill him. And in Texas, they can't execute you twice if the first time doesn't work, so they just have to set him free. It's state law. About six months on the outside, and he gets another job with another railway company who apparently suck at doing background checks, uh, his first day driving a train, again, he hits and kills someone. He never even applies the brakes. Another quick murder conviction and trial. His day of execution, this, the warden walks in. The same warden walks in, asks him for his last meal. He says, I want two bananas, that's it. So he eats his banana, sits in the chair, and gets electrocuted. Again, it doesn't kill him. They set him free. Again, he finds another train company to hire him. Apparently, they don't do background checks either. Again, he runs someone over on his first day behind the controls of a train. Again, he gets convicted and sentenced to the chair. Same warden asks him what about his last meal. This time, he says he wants three bananas. He eats, gets fried, survives, gets set free. Another job at a fourth train company. First day, runs over another fucking person. Another quick conviction. Same warden asks about his last meal. Same warden, again, at the only prison where he lives. Uh, this time he wants four bananas. The warden says, we're out of fucking bananas. You get steak and potatoes instead. He eats it, gets electrocuted, and again, he survives. 
So afterward, the warden comes in and says, God damn it, we thought giving you steak would make a difference. The guy just looks at him confused and says, the bananas have nothing to do with it. I'm just a really poor conductor. What else do I want to mention? Uh, there's a CarMax commercial out right now that I saw. I loved uh, and tried to describe to a couple of coworkers. My description sounded so insane that I was forced to find the commercial on YouTube in order for them to believe me that is indeed a real commercial. In this middle, okay, it starts out this middle-aged mom riding around in her car. Uh, she looks depressed. Um, and the music in the commercial is Limp Biscuits turn of the century tune Nookie. You know, I did it all for the Nookie. The Nookie. Like a chump, hey, like a chump, hey. That's playing throughout the entire commercial. She's embarrassed, um, you know, by the fact that the song is being played. Uh, there's like a cop that drives by and he looks pissed at her because she's got this music playing. Um, the song is just keeps going and going and going and okay <laughs> someone just asked who is limp biscuit if you don't know who limp biscuit is jesus uh, i'm so old um she's embarrassed by the car and the song which the narrator explains is stuck on play in the cd changer and why would anyone want to buy this car off you so the whole time the song is playing the mom is raging and in the back seat there's this little blonde girl in a car seat who knows all the words and dances to the song the whole commercial like it's baby shark or some shit then the lady pulls up to a crosswalk and shuffling in front of the car is fred fucking durst looking road hard and put away wet with his signature ball cap on and a bag of groceries like he's on parole bringing back frozen dinners to his halfway house the commercial is hysterical if you actually had that CD in your changer in 1999, and I'm not going to lie, I did. I know every word of that song, and I even used the song Counterfeit by Limp Biscuit from their CD before it, $3 bill, y'all, um, in a soundtrack to an animated film I made as my senior thesis for my undergrad in ID. The commercial is probably only funny if you're over 35 now. I mean, honestly, I mean, hell, if you're 22, you probably don't even know who Limp Bizkit is. Okay, for the younger listeners, imagine a laxative commercial coming out in, let's say, 2043 with a 50-year-old Ariana Grande working behind the counter at a pharmacy, handing out little blue pills like it's a bread line, and after each customer steps up, she just keeps repeating, thank you, next, because it's Ariana Grande. Thank you. Next. See how funny that commercial would be to your future self? Not only because anyone at, born after, let's say, 1920 or 2020 uh, would be clueless as to why it was funny because they're like, who's Ariana Grande? But because I love the idea of seeing a 50-year-old Ariana Grande forced to do commercials for Miralax. Let's see. There's so much more I wanted to talk about, but I'm already going longer than I wanted. I was trying to keep this under 30 minutes tonight. I guess we'll save Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and my adventures in PUBG for next week's episode. All right, Mark98 just asked my take on Champions League coming for FIFA Mobile. That was announced earlier today. Um, the event is coming, UCL. Uh, it's coming back for to FIFA Mobile on December 4th. It's going to be a month-long event right now is what it looks like, uh, that you play daily with energy and path choices. 
Uh, there's going to be players up for grabs. There's a full list of players on EA's Twitter feed. Um, there's going to be boosts, kits, um, coins, and more. Uh, there's also player requirements for part of the event, which means in the very beginning, the value of UCL players is going to be astronomical. Uh, that would be a great time to spend some gems for packs that could result in millions on players earned because people are going to need them in the very beginning to earn the bonus for having players in their squad. So if you're going to buy and sell, at the very beginning is when you want to do it. Now, once the event is actually released, I'll run the numbers to see how difficult it's going to be to earn that 95-rated Mane left mid. Now, although I don't use formations with outside mids, I'm not above putting him off position up at left wing. I did it for two-thirds of last year with, actually, I, I believe it was a UCL Mane left mid that I played at wing last season. Um... We'll know more about UCL after it gets released, but I'm most excited about the chance at earning a new 2019 Liverpool kit because I'm getting sick of being stuck with my old kit from last season. I think the player list looks decent. There's a lot of um, elites, which means once this does get released, uh, a, there will be a lot more stuff that you can buy and invest in. It also depends on how easy these players are going to be able to to be earned. Um in the beginning, it looks like you're going to have to play quite a bit to, to actually grab anybody because it all is based off of group points. But some of the bonus, if you have enough players in your squad and you finish a path, it looks like it should be pretty easy to earn money before the end of the month, before the end of December because, again, this is a month-long event. I don't know. We won't know until it actually gets released tomorrow, but it looks promising. Besides the fact that I'm tired of these little five-day events, I'd like something that gets drug out for a while. I mean, most of us, the only thing we have left right now is World Tour um, and the stupid uh, shit, the um, Prime Icon event. I mean, you don't have Legacy stuff's all done right now, which I'm hoping they eventually bring back some more for the Legacy as well as uh, upgrades to some perks because most of us have enough perk points now to finish the whole run and with a lot of extra stuff to be able to do. And I'd like to get some more formations and maybe another Max OVR. Um, an increase in chemistry would be nice. There's a lot we can do. That's a good place to end it for now. Make sure you check out FinallySleeps.com for all things FIFA Mobile and whatever else I decide to post. Find me on YouTube, too, where we stream twice per week with player versus player FIFA Mobile. Uh, make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications so you know when I record. That way you can get involved, ask questions, and comment live. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter? Twitter? Find me on Twitter. Um, all under the name Finally He Sleeps. Uh, thanks for listening. As long as you keep listening, I'll keep putting out episodes. And I think I mentioned earlier about a story about a dog. So I think we'll send this episode out with... Um, a few minutes of stand-up about my story about my dog licking himself. Enjoy, and until next week, I'll see you then. Oh yeah, my dog Dexter is really old. He's farts dust old. <laughs> Mostly does a lot of lying around. On more than one occasion, I've had to do the whole breath test to see if he's still alive. <laughs>
Well, you know, it's like walking in, great-grandma's asleep in the chair. You start staring at her chest, looking for the rise and fall, and eventually you put your hand under her nose to feel for breath. Last thing you want to do is startle them awake, and if they're still alive because you're liable to get bit. And the last time that happened, great-grandma left her dentures in the back of my hand. I handled the dog pretty much the same way. He's old. When people come over, I catch them looking around before they say anything, you know, just in case. What, looking for the dog? Yeah, De Dexter's here. Yeah, he's not dead yet. He just smells like he is. Visiting Great Grandma in Wrinkle City, I know all about the deformities associated with the downward slope toward death. Moles, skin tags, excess, folds, and flaps, and confusion, both mental and physical. Their hair even gets confused. Stop, stops growing out their head and starts sprouting out their nose, ears, backs of their hands, toes. Fucking eyebrows turn into weeping willows, and if they're really lucky. Few of those previously mentioned moles will start giving birth to inch-long black porcupine spikes like Wes Craven is overseeing the aging process and there's spiders crawling out of their face. But I digress. Apparently, or so I've been told, old guys even get really long and spindly downstairs with advanced age. You know, like rolling out dough and forgetting to stop. You guys all had Play-Doh as kids and made snakes, right? Yeah. Dexter's not elongating in that area. His red rocket stays tucked away in his furry pants. <laughs> that that you guys again. Okay, dogs usually hide their twig, but put their giggleberries on display, prominently showcased between their back legs. Um, okay, I think, I think I'll interject here with a little story. Okay, so the first time my oldest son noticed that our dog was anatomically correct, he was five or six. And a friend of mine was over with his daughter, who was about the same age. We had yelled at the dog to stop sniffing the visitors because it gets to the point when new people enter the house that he forgets personal boundaries and starts hoovering everyone's crotches. Total disregard for gender, like they all walk through the door with pockets full of bacon-wrapped cat shit. Anyway, yelling at the dog made him nervous and whoop, out comes the lipstick. Kids noticed it immediately assume there's something wrong. My friend's daughter starts shrieking, his bone is sticking out, his bone is sticking out. My son gets right down next to it before we can stop him and follows it up with, well, if it's a bone, why isn't it bleeding? Dexter looks down and does what any dog does, or man limber enough to give it a try. All hell breaks loose. The kids' worries turn to sheer panic as they start screaming, he's eating it! Yeah, later that night I had to explain to my son that what he saw was Dexter's Hankamadinka. Why can't I see it all the time, he asks. Quick thinking on my part. Well, Dexter wears fur underwear and keeps it tucked away because, you know, it's not nice to show people your hanka. He was nervous and it just happened to pop out. I get nothing but silence from the kid. I assumed I was clear until he asks where the rest of Dexter's embarrassing parts were and then it just spiraled into, why did you cut off his balls?
which ultimately resulted in both my son and the dog getting skittish every time we try to put him in the car for a ride to the doctor's office. 